Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast. This is a show all about self-care and self-discovery. Yoga was really, you know, that launching point for me back in the day and it showed me that taking care of myself, putting my own priorities first is truly the only way and now this show exists because of it. I'm so glad you're here everyone. My name is Ashley and I'm your host. We have a world-class return guest back on the show today, another fan favorite. My girl, Kelly Smith of Mindful in Minutes. If you're not familiar with Kelly, she's a meditation teacher. She's a yoga teacher. She hosts two podcasts with guided meditations. These are, I mean, like very, very popular podcasts. She kills it. She hosts these amazing retreats all over the world. And now we're adding another title to her resume. She's an author. Kelly is launching her first book on September 5th. It's called Mindful in Minutes, Meditation for the Modern Family, Over 100 Practices to Help Families Find Peace, Calm, and connection. And that is, it could not be a more perfect title for this show and the things that we talk about on this show. I'm so proud of Kelly. Not only did she birth this book baby, but she's currently cooking a real baby in her body at the moment. Just, you know, casual. <laughs> I hope you listen to this episode and you just, you get inspired to tackle your dreams because Kelly is pretty impressive. She's definitely, you know, inspiring me, hopefully inspiring you as well. And you know what else? She's also very real. We get into that today, talking about the pressures of life, of motherhood, and how tools like meditation can help keep them manageable. We talk about resentment, how that creeps up, potentially resentment of a partner. We talk about mom rage. You know, is this something that we can keep at bay with meditation? We talk about meditating with a two-year-old. Is that possible? We talk about adolescent mental health and just so much more. And I really appreciate her realness today. I hope that this book is something that brings you some realness, some awareness, and some awesome tools for just being more mindful as a family. Okay, babes, a couple announcements. It's been a while since I hosted an event on the internet. We've been doing lots of IRL yoga classes this summer, but I know a lot of you listeners are not here in the Twin Cities. So I'm excited to share some news about an upcoming workshop. If you listen to last week's episode, you know that I shared this feeling of overwhelm about self-care and wellness, which is kind of funny because the show is literally all about that. (laughs) But we know that there is just so much pressure to do all the things and do it all at once. And that, you know, that's just like doesn't work. It's not possible to do that. So on Wednesday, August 30th at 1130, I'm hosting a short 30 minute workshop on setting accessible goals. We'll workshop your health and wellness goals together and then set up some plans to actually implement those. And bonus, this event is totally free. I just love to get to see some of your faces in real life. Don't worry if you are, you know, a day job corporate girly and you can't make this first one. We'll be doing more of these coming up different times. Again, just short workshops each month to get back to our self-care goals. If you want to learn more about those events and also sign up for this one, hop on the email newsletter with the link in the show notes. And yeah, that's the only, only announcement I have. Buddies, thank you for always being here. I'm, I'm so appreciative. I love hearing from you. I love seeing your reviews come in. You know, recording an independent podcast is so rewarding and it's fun, but it's also kind of lonely in that I don't actually know who's out there listening unless you shoot me a DM or like you write a review. So I love, love hearing from you all. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. And reminder, before you hop to this conversation, you get Kelly's new book. It's so awesome. It's out on pre-sale, out for regular sale, September 5th. Check out her podcast for just this huge library of guided meditations. I use them all the time. Seriously, I really do. And yeah, let's get to our conversation with Kelly Smith. 
Thanks for being on the show, Miss Kelly Smith. How are you doing today? I I am so good. I'm so happy to be here chatting with you. We sometimes catch up off mic, do little like hot <laughs> mom talks. So it's really nice to have an on mic <laughs> catch up. I don't even have like my questions ready because we were like just talking stuff. I mean, I'm like <laughs> not even. Yeah, we're you don't hot even mom need questions. Talks. We've got we've got yeah lots to chat about. Hot mom walks that we like to do. We're just you know, this is we a do. We do. Most importantly, catch up. I want to hear about your experience. You guys had really good seats at Taylor Swift last night, didn't you? Or not last night, we, two nights ago. <laughs> we did. They were re- they were really close, but they were like yeah. all the way to the side. So I, the thing that I couldn't – I want to hear about yours because the thing that I was kind of bummed about, although I was in the big like Ticketmaster bra, so I took whatever tickets I could get, which were these ones. So they were close, and we got to see like the little cart come out that she hides in. And then we saw oh, her yeah. like after like leave and you know, like waving because we were like on the side side. But yeah. I couldn't see the front screen, and I feel like – I remember I've been to a couple – I'm definitely a Swifty. I've been to a couple of her shows. And the main screen, I feel like the like the images, the graphics, yeah. I don't know the term. Like, like I feel video. like always like – yeah, like that always adds to it. And I couldn't mm-hmm. see that because we were like on the side. So you couldn't see that screen. The screen that we had was just showing like her. Mm-hmm. So that was the part that I felt like a little bummed about because I remember, I think maybe it was the reputation tour. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I just feel like that enhances the experience because there's so much thought goes into kind of like the video aspect of it. Agreed. Yeah, we had, yeah. we found our seats super like last minute um, mm-hmm. on Craigslist of all places. Oh my god! And we saved all the fees. Like it was sort of a risky move because like that person could have totally scammed us, um, but it all worked <laughs> out in the end. Like we met up with the person and, and transferred mm-hmm. the tickets on there, and then we ended up having like legit floor seats. And I have never seen her before, so like this is my first experience. We even so we happened to now like this is obviously like we're far away from this event when this is actually airing, but I know that this like, <laughs> tour is going to be going on forever and. So, I mean, there was so much, so much about this weekend that like I keep reliving it through and we could talk a whole episode about this, Um, (laughs) but it was like a moment in time. You were celebrating your birthday too. I was. Thank you. Yes, I was. 37. Happy belated belated birthday. (laughs) Thank you. I was living it out as though I felt 22, truly. (laughs) Truly. I know I should have. I'm behind on, not the listeners need to know this, but I'm um, behind. I almost always send you a gift. And you then, too, like, you're just, so sweet well, with that. You always remember. One, well, and one time you told me that one of your you <laughs> like receiving gifts. <laughs> and, I just forget it. And I think that's like fantastic. There's like, you know, sometimes with friends, there's just like things that you just like file away and you're like, Ashley loves gifts, which you know, <laughs> Gina, hopefully Gina doesn't mind me saying this, but like Gina our friend Gina, she likes to fly first class. Not that I'm buying her like first class Does she? tickets. I didn't know that about her. I love that mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do too. I do too. And <laughs> our other friend, Daniela, the listeners are probably like, okay, we don't need to hear Who about all these, these people. <laughs> but I think all of them have been on the show. So maybe they do yep, actually. They do. Um, but anyways, so yeah, Daniela and I always talk about how we aspire to be more like Gina because she just like treats herself so well. I agree. But, She's but a she vibe. Really, like, it's like my yeah. And she doesn't really like travel that much. And so she's like, you know what? It's really not a thing that I enjoy. So I'm going to make it as enjoyable as possible. And she'll just like upgrade herself. And I'm like, that's amazing. You know, so you just remember these little things about what your friends like. And you like gifts. But I'm late this year. This is my my Venus and Leo. It's okay. You're kind of busy, which I was like when I was going to – I'm like, perfect segue. 
So <laughs> listeners, if you're first time listening to this conversation, you can tell obviously Kelly and I are friends. Kelly is, I would, I would say like my mentor. You are my mentor in the podcasting space. Now, friend, we met in the most like fun way over literally like the world shut down. I decided, well, I have some time. I think I'm going to sign up for a whole new type of yoga that I want to learn. And you happened to switch your restorative yoga training online. So I got to do it and I would get up because it was targeted for like the UK and I would get (laughs) up at like 3 a.m. And then I realized you were in Minnesota too. And I was like, this is bizarre. How are we both Minnesota? We became friends. Now, like, we, we share a lot together in terms of interests mm-hmm. and kiddo – not share kiddos, but, like, <laughs> like experiences. <laughs> that would bring us way closer if we shared kids. Yeah, I, if we shared children, that would make us, totally. like, partners. Can you tell <laughs> listeners just a little, like, about your life updates, anything you want to share since perhaps, you know, you've been on the show in the past? Sure. So I feel like – I don't know. I feel like some things have, have happened. I can't even remember when the last time was that we had like an official chat chat. So I think it's been a little bit though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think some of the biggest updates. So if we haven't met before, hi, I'm Kelly. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher. So I host um, two podcasts. One is called Mindful in Minutes. It's a guided meditation podcast. The second is called Meditation Mama, which is also a guided meditations podcast, but for um, fertility, prenatal, and postnatal meditation. So I'm also a mom um, to pork chop. Who is um, that's his like stage name, Pork Chop, and um, he is Jewish, and I'm currently pregnant with Poppy, which is her stage name. Oh my god, I love um, it! And she is going to be Earth side. She's going to be a cusper between either a Virgo or a Libra. It just depends on if she's on time or if she's late, like her brothers. So that's going on, and then. Um, and then I have a book coming out Yay! on September 5th. It's called Mindful in Minutes, a meditation guide for the modern family. So that's been my big like work baby while I've been having like baby babies. Um, and so Ashley's heard a lot about this book as it's been, you know, created, conceived, cooked, and now birthed. So that's kind of what I've been doing and just navigating motherhood and work and what happens in life when you have big life changes and, you know, just, I don't know, kind of navigating all of that. Mm -hmm. And even if Ashley says I'm her mentor in some aspects, work aspects, she is like one of my mom mentors because she (laughs) is so, she is so good in this space. And anytime I have some kind of an obscure mom question, I'm like, well, I know who to text and it's (laughs) Ashley. (laughs) I'm honored that you put me in that camp. That's a joy. And I it's funny because like you you're so humble about all the things that you do. Like, oh, I just like casually wrote a book while like having my first <laughs> child, not pregnant with my second. And I have this podcast that happens to be like one of the biggest podcasts in the meditation space and the spirituality space. And you know, there's I read this really interesting book like before I became a mom. And it's called How She Does It. And it's all these like very high functioning, high, highly successful women. And it's just, they just describe their schedules. This is like, I didn't even put this on our questions, but like for listeners who are just like, how does somebody do it? How does somebody like write a book and teach meditation classes and have a podcast and have kids? Like, can you describe like, what is like what typical day look like for you? Oh gosh. So there's two different. So the short answer of that, before I talk about a typical day, like 
that question. And, you know, it's so funny because I, I think you just get used to what you're doing and in the, you know, and this is me being very like honest and transparent, but I mm-hmm. think like when you're building something and I know you can relate to this, Ashley, like as a podcaster and like entrepreneur as well, like solopreneur, you just get so like excited on like the next thing or you just start like working towards the next thing and then things kind of start falling into place. And then before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh, like you look in the rearview mirror and you're like, look at all that's happened. But I think when you're just, and this happens to me kind of in parenting too, like you're so focused in the moment about whatever it is that you're working through or working on in your household at that time. Then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're like, well, look at that. My kid's like a toddler now. Or like, oh, we were working through this sleep regression, but that's like in the rearview mirror. Now we're working on language or potty training or whatever it is. Um, So in terms of like doing all these different things, the answer that I have is finding the right balance between yes and no. Um, And so honoring when you need to say no, um, but also seeing opportunities like, for example, um, you know, when I was kind of approached about turning Mindful in Minutes, which is my my podcast, um, into books, into a book series. This one's the first of a of a couple that are coming. Um, (laughs) when I was first approached like that to me was like a yes, even if it wasn't like ideal timing, something like that, like I'd always dreamt of like, that's a yes, but then also honoring the time and the place in which I need to say no Yeah, as well. And learning how to distinguish between those two things, I think has helped me to find more ease in terms of balancing work and being a mom and all of these different stuff that maybe I, I wasn't as good at when I first started. Mm-hmm. But in terms of my day-to-day, I have two different types of day. One is a I have child care day, and one is a I don't have child care day. <laughs> okay. These are and the, good differentials. <laughs> these are two – they are two very different days, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, so the I don't have child care day, I only have part-time um, child care. So the I don't have child care days is when I think about like really kind of being in like mom mode and I just – I'm, you know – I'm just, I stay at home with my son um, on those days. And, you know, we do all sorts of different fun things. But I imagine you're asking more about the child care days because those look very different. Um, And I like having definitive two different types of days. For me, I don't know if you're like this, Ashley, but it's like, it's hard for me to sometimes switch gears. And, you know, not that a different person necessarily is showing up in work versus is showing up, you know, for my, my son. But I think it requires different skills and it kind of just like kind of changing the gears on a bike. Sometimes it can feel like a little bit clunky to like switch gears. It's so – it's messy. I'm in so much agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And so so I like having these definitive like I'm working or I'm being mom and not Mm -hmm. having to kind of muddy or try to flip between the two. That works for me. So a non – um, a childcare day usually looks like I do get up with my little guy. He is like allergic to sleep. So we're up really early. <laughs> he just, he's never, you know, this, he's never really liked to sleep. It's just part of who he is. And um, so we get up really early, usually by five, maybe if we're lucky, maybe we sleep until like six. Um, and then we have our morning. And then once childcare kind of comes a little bit later in the morning, um, I like to start by kind of sitting down, looking at all the different things that are going on. I always have I'm a big list maker. So I like to have lists of things that are like immediate coming up or like to keep an eye on. And so when I have these like different tasks and things like, for example, writing the book, I look at that and I'm like, okay, like the, you know, the overall deadline is this date. 
So maybe that's, you know, to keep an eye on or coming up, or maybe it's immediate. And there's, you know, and then there's a podcast episode that needs to come out this day. Um, And then there's things that, you know, all of a sudden something pops up in your email inbox and you're like, oh, that needs to be addressed like immediately. So I try to keep an eye on those kind of three different categories. And then I make a list for the day in terms of what needs to get done with a combination of kind of the immediate coming up or keep an eye on things. And that can look like anything. That could be Mm -hmm. writing. That could be recording. Usually I record at home in my little um, closet under the stairs when I do my meditations. So that has to be done specifically during like nap time when the house is quiet. And I just look at my day as kind of this big puzzle piece. And I like to gather all of the puzzle pieces together first as to like what's going on. And then I kind of put them together based on then what the schedule allows for that Mm -hmm. day and what projects are going on. And then looking at kind of those three different categories of immediate coming up or keep an eye on, that's how I sometimes choose to distinguish between a yes or a no. So if my like immediate plate is very full, I know that any other immediate type things that could be a no need to be a no Um, or things that are like, you know, coming up, like giving birth to my second child that Let's me, you know, that helps me to kind of weed out what could be a yes or what needs to be a no. Because mm-hmm. I really struggled with saying no to opportunity. I still struggle with it. I'm better at it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't sting a little bit sometimes. Has that ever happened to you, Ashley? I am, yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah. And I and I wish I could like say that it goes away. That like, oh, your kids get older and like you're just more seasoned. Like you can do more, but. It's not the reality. Like the truth, the hard truth of motherhood in general is that there has to be no's. And sometimes those are like opportunities that you really want. Yeah. And it is what it is. And like maybe it will come back at a different time. But like I appreciate your honesty in this scenario because it is real. And yet I think for listeners to hear you be honest about, yeah, you have to say no. And still like you've written a book, you have this successful podcast, like you're doing these amazing things. It's so, it's kind of perfect because your book is, is for families. It's for mm-hmm. families and it's for kids and it's for parents and it's for literally everybody in all these different situations. Can you talk a little about like what lit that fire under your butt to get going, to get this book written? Because it is a lot to write a book. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I had no idea. It is kind of like, I do think about writing a book as kind of like giving birth to a child in terms of like, you have this like romanticized idea of like what it's going to be like to be an author. And then all of a sudden you're basically like working on it or you're like pregnant with this book baby. And it's so fresh and new and exciting at the beginning. And then by the end, you're like, oh, I'm so over like being pregnant. Yeah. And And so it feels like a, like a little bit like, and you have so much love for it, you know, across the whole thing. But finally you're like, okay, I've loved you so much on the inside. It's time for you to come, you know, see the world. Yeah. And, and I just really with this book in particular, a lot of what I create, I create based on either the most common questions or the things that I get asked for a lot. And also then creating the things that like I wish I would have had. So I did this when, not that this is necessarily book related, but the different trainings and things that I do, like the, like the training that you and I did together, like I created that because I felt like people wanted it and I would have wanted something like that, like to learn how to do yoga nidra or restorative yoga, but just that one specific style and like really dial in on that thing instead of having to do a full like 
300 hour yoga teacher training, you know, and then maybe you spend a day or two on restorative yoga. Like, why can't we pull out that kind of couple of days and do like an immersive experience in that? Like anytime I create, I often create what I wish I would have had um, and what would have helped me on my journey to help streamline it for others. Mm-hmm. So I get asked a lot when people hear like what I do, particularly like that I'm a meditation teacher and um, people always say, and I imagine you hear this a lot with astrology and other things to her self-care work, but people will be like, oh, like what does that entail? Or, oh, I tried that once and it didn't work for me. Or, oh, right. I, it's you know, yoga I, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to do that, but I don't know how to start mm-hmm. or often, you know, and this is a book that's for the whole family. Of course, I kind of imagine that it'll be more moms picking it up just because mm-hmm. I think sometimes moms spearhead kind of like the mental, emotional, spiritual wellness of the family. I know that's not the case for all families, um, but in my experience, sometimes moms will at least take the first step for that on behalf of their families. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to create something for parents, for families to show them how they can easily start integrating meditation into their lives and also their family lives for their kids, um, you know, for their partners in a way that's very approachable and very kind of like down to earth. So the way that the book is broken up is it has four main sections. The first is kind of like your meditation 101. So, you know, everything from how do you talk to your kids about meditation to, you know, how simple it really is for you personally to start a meditation practice. Um, And, you know, what positions can you meditate in? And the second section, which is the biggest section of the book, it has about like 35 different topics that um, each one you kind of dive into. So it's things like insomnia, self-worth, you know, loneliness, all of these different topics, things that not only have I experienced through motherhood and in my household, because we all know that if someone in your household is going through something, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Ashley, if one of your girls is struggling, you know, with maybe resilience or something like that, like, you kind of all take that on. And you're talking about it as a family, like you're working on it, like as a family. Mm-hmm. It's never really just an isolated, like one member of your family is going through this thing. It doesn't impact anyone else. So all these different topics, resilience being one, that's why, I, you know, that one popped in my head. And I I go through kind of personal reflection. So it's like part podcast episode of like meditation teachings that apply to that. Also, like what I've learned through my own personal journey. And then there's three guided practices after that. So one for little ones, one for adolescents, and one for adults slash like teens. And it's a guided practice around that particular topic for all these different age groups. Um, So then you can work on that thing through meditation with your family all together. Um, So it's 35 different topics. And then there are two more sections. One is for prenatal. So if you're growing your family um, prenatal and there's a fertility meditation there as well. And then one for partner meditations. So not only meditations can you do with your partner if you're raising children with someone else, but also meditations to help you focus on um, partnership within parenthood. So like releasing resentment is one that's in there. Mm. Um, Because I always want to make sure with the work that I'm doing, that it's not all like sunshine and rainbows because like it isn't like, that's not what life is, right? Like when you're navigating going just from maybe partners or spouses to parents together too, like, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in the book I talk about just, you know, resentment and how maybe, maybe we agreed that, 
you know, my, my husband works in the medical field. So his schedule is very inflexible where I work for myself. So that means my schedule in theory, right. We all know any entrepreneurs listening out there. I'm doing like, the, you know, in theory, it's very flexible. Right. Um, so that means that then often then I take on kind of that default parent role. And although we agree upon that, that doesn't mean that um, sometimes, you know, resentment and things like that can't creep in when you're covered in baby spit up and you're at home again and, you know, saying, oh, so-and-so is sick. So I'll stay home from work. Have a great day with your adults <laughs> at your, you know, place of employment, all showered and looking fresh and or whatever it is, right? These yeah. are the things that creep in. But then there's also some meditations that you can do with your partner if you want to foster closeness in that way. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of the book in a nutshell. So it's just a combination of things I get asked about, like, how do I, you know, can you really meditate with a two-year-old? It's like, you can, it looks different than how you would meditate with, you know, a 16-year-old. Um, but you absolutely can start talking about mindfulness, bringing kind of mindful activities, little simple meditation practices into your household at any age, including what I heard the most. And I think on our last hot mom walk, our last <laughs> catch up, <laughs> yeah. we were talking specifically about like adolescence. Right? Mm-hmm. Were we talking about that? About and mental how, health. Yeah. Yeah. And how that feels kind of like the forgotten age group in a way. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you can go on Pinterest and things like that and find like fun mindfulness games for five and under. You can find tools out there like for, you know, high school or teenage kids, yeah. you know, early, early college, things like that. But it kind of feels like that sort of adolescent group is so hard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I always joke, we're all just formed by like our middle school trauma. But like truly, like what if I would have – I think about what if I would have had some of these tools in my toolbox and I was like a seventh grade girl navigating like social constructs for the first time. Right. Like it's – Or even earlier. I'm like seeing this with my girls. Like these are tools that are coming in handy at five and Mm -hmm. and carrying on in – like you're saying in these like social constructs. What I love so much about the book and – Obviously, like it's not out yet. Everybody pre-order it. We're going to put all the links because that's like the key for authors is pre-orders. Um, really but I got is. a chance to look at it through the publisher, and like there were so many ideas that I just I forget sometimes. Like, oh yeah, like I could probably sit and like meditate on this on the fact that like you know what I'm not sleeping great right now. Let's do a little meditation. Like, and I'm a yoga and meditation. <laughs> And I literally forget. And you have like every idea in there. One question I have, and like I sometimes struggle to explain this to people or even just wrap my brain around it as well. But I feel like you're good at explaining this. The difference between meditation and mindfulness, because I they're different. And like, can you explain that to the listeners? Oh, I would love to. Thank you for taking me up for one of my favorites. Um, so the way that I like to explain it and I, and, and meditation and mindfulness, they're like cousins. They're not necessarily like siblings. Like they're very closely related and they're both equally valuable, especially when we look at like the family system. So they're both really valuable and important, but they are different. So I like to describe it as like, if your mind is a light bulb, when you're being mindful, you're basically turning that light bulb. If it had a dimmer switch, you're turning the light up like all the way and fully illuminating whatever is happening in front of you. So you can do any one thing mindfully. You can fold your laundry mindfully. Like in the book, there's an exercise in which you kind of go on like a family, like mindfulness walk, which is basically where you just 
go walking and like no one really talks, which like sounds silly at first, but you just enjoy like the experience of like going for a walk and like, what do you see? What do you hear? Right? Like the only thing you're being present with is just walking. Um, So it's doing, you can do anything mindfully versus meditation is the act of single pointed concentration. So that's taking that light bulb and turning it into a laser pointer and focusing that laser on one thing. So maybe it's your breath, maybe it's a mantra, maybe it's a specific visualization. So you can't really do anything else while meditating, um, but you can kind of do any one thing mindfully. So like mindfulness is kind of like doing with presence where meditation is like just being and existing with one particular thing. Mm. Does that help to clarify it? Yeah, it does. Because often I will hear people describe meditation is like, just let your thoughts go. And like, mm. that's not really it. You're, you're, <laughs> we're thinking about maybe a mantra or we're thinking about your voice and the things that you're saying in a guided meditation. Is that right? Am I, am I describing that right? Okay. Yeah, totally. And, and I hear that a lot too. Often the way that I hear it is people are like, oh, that's so cool. I could never meditate. Like I could never just turn my mind off. Right. And I'm like, me either. Like again, that (laughs) light bulb, like like that's, I'm like, we don't want it. We don't want to turn the mind off. That's like, you know, we're going comatose. Like we don't want that. The idea of meditation is more like, again, single point of concentration or just really focusing your mind on one thing. So like my fitness friends usually like to th- like prefer this analogy in which, um, you know, your thoughts or your distractions or things like that during meditation, like those are like the resistance bands and the weights that you use like in the gym to make your muscles stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts and your distractions during meditation is like the resistance and the weights that you use to make like your mind stronger, your ability mm-hmm. to focus or concentrate on something stronger. So it's kind of like mental training for your brain or taking that laser pointer and focusing it on just one particular thing. So again, really common ones, your breath, maybe like a body scan, listening to the voice of a guide and a guided meditation, but you will never be like totally like devoid of thoughts. There'll be thoughts, there'll be noise, there'll be sensations. You'll have a little itch, you'll have a, you know, whatever. And that doesn't mean that you're doing it poorly or, you know, you're not quote, doing it right. I used to always joke if I wrote a book, it would be called, am I doing this right? Um, which obviously isn't the name of this book, but I think that's because that's like the number one thing that people ask about meditation. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Or how do I know if I'm doing it right? Or am I doing this right? And you know what? It's, it's, it's not that hard and it's not that serious. And so as long as we're just trying to focus on one thing, we're meditating mm-hmm. and that's it. And I think there's so much power too in terms of like with our children or with our families or even our partners. I, you know, with pork chop right now, we're the thing we're currently working through is like big feelings and big emotions. He sometimes will like hit, which mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't love. No one wants to be the parent of like the hitter. But um, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> Yeah, I do you know. know. Yeah. And 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 it's like you know, it's what we're, what we personally are working on a lot of is like more of the sitting and being with how we're feeling, which I think is so powerful for adults too, because emotions are incredibly complex. Like, you know, even like something like frustration, 
like that usually begins as another emotion eventually like evolves into frustration or, mm-hmm. um, you know, loneliness or any of these, these things. Um, I think about even the sensation of holding kind of this bittersweet, like love and sadness in your heart at the same time that I think comes with motherhood sometimes where you're like, you know, there's like a sadness for like, oh, my, you know, child's getting, my baby's getting so big. And also like, oh my gosh, like I'm so lucky, like another day on earth with like this child, right? So emotions are so complex. Like what we're personally working on in our household is sitting with our feelings and letting them not necessarily be good or bad, um, but just experiencing the feeling so that then we can kind of not have the big reactions to it. Because feelings are fine. <laughs> this is this is what we talk a lot about. Truly, this is like you're sitting in my living room listening to this, me talk to my <laughs> two and a half year old. And it's like, feelings are fine. It's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay to have feelings. Um, but you know, but it's not okay to hit people or it's the reaction that yeah. usually comes or the action that follows than the feeling. Um, mm-hmm. so like, that's what we're working on. And, and that's kind of more of a mindfulness practice in terms of like just being present with the feelings that you're experiencing, mm-hmm. like feeling mindfully. Um, and then we might do what would be considered more of like a meditation practice. Um, although I, you know, maybe when pork chop is a little bit, like a little bit older, but then maybe doing more of a meditation where, you know, you sit and you close your eyes and maybe inhale for four and then exhale for eight and imagine that you're, you know, your girls would be a perfect age for this, right? When they take mm-hmm. those long breaths out, it's like, whatever the feeling is, the anger, the frustration, like that's leaving their body kind of like they let go of a balloon and then the balloon just like deflates. Mm -hmm. So with pork chop, we're working on like just taking even one big deep breath and then deciding if we want to hit someone or not. But, (laughs) you know, it's, it's that sort of stuff. But like, that's, you know what I mean when I say like, this involves like the whole family, whatever it is that you're collectively working on. That's what we happen Mm -hmm. to be working Mm -hmm. on in this moment. Um, But I think about like sitting and being with an emotion is like feeling mindfully. We're then kind of doing that quick little few deep breaths um, is like the meditation piece of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I love this. And I'm so glad you brought up this idea of the emotions piece and like our emotions aren't clean, right? We're not just having one emotion. There's so many things. (laughs) I was even, I honestly think I saw this like as an Instagram quote or something, but it's you know, it's a problem. It's not a problem to have emotions, but it is something we need to work through if we blame the world for our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And like a child is so intuitive because like they have an emotion and they're going to blame somebody. They're going to blame the kid that took the ball and they're going to hit him. Like I've been there. (laughs) Totally seen that. (laughs) But like as an adult, like we can't hit, but like we can blame pretty quickly for our own emotions. And like that doesn't do anything to get us Mm -hmm. forward. And from what I'm hearing you say, it's a matter of like owning, like being mindful and owning your emotions and Mm -hmm. letting them potentially dissipate over time. But just like they are what they are and it's nobody else's fault. Like it's not the world's fault that we are having an emotion. Um, Mm -hmm. What we do with that next, with that emotion, maybe problem solve, maybe talk to the person that is sparking that emotion. But like you can't notice it until you're mindful enough to be aware and learning that at two. Oh my gosh, yes, please. Like let's all I do know. that. And like these are the things too that it's like it, it's not like my mom wouldn't have done this with me. It was like mm-hmm. this sort of thing just didn't like 
exist when I was two or it didn't, you know, it didn't just the tools weren't there that we could utilize. And, and, you know, I think about what you just said, it resonated with me a lot. Something that I um, often actually get asked to speak on is like maternal rage. Are you familiar with this? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Cause it's real. So, so I think we talk about postpartum depression and anxiety a little. I don't think we talk about it as much as we should, right? Because those types of things like to live in the shadows, like kind of the old block of moldy cheese in the back of the fridge, like out of mm-hmm. sight, out of mind. And then before you know it, it has this like mold overgrowth. Um, but we really don't talk about like rage in particular. And so a lot of like sitting with emotions or naming it, like not only is it, you know, the emotion itself isn't necessarily like bad and meditation. A big piece of it is learning how to be an objective observer. So it's like making note of like, wow, I'm feeling really frustrated, but we're not going to assign judgment to that. And a big piece that I struggled with when it, well, when I became a mom, mom guilt and mom, like self judgment, which I think, you know, mom guilt and mom self judgment kind of goes like hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think also, kind of shining the light on some of the shadowy sides of motherhood, even the little, um, you know, even just like the little things where it's like, maybe you are feeling a little bit resentful or even just like, you're really tired because you aren't sleeping. So your patience is like at a bare minimum. And so that's when then, you know, your child does like that one little thing and then you like, you snap at them, you like yell Mm -hmm. at them. And it's like those moments of, and I'm talking just like, you know, those little moments of rage, obviously not like where we start getting into actual, like, you know, problematic territory or anything, you know, bad for your kids. It's just those moments where like, as a parent, you feel like you're in a pressure cooker and then that one little thing pushes you over the edge and then you're like, boom right? You, you snap at your spouse or you yell at your kids or you just, for me often, it just looks like crying. Yep. Same. Like that one little frustrating <laughs> thing. And it's like, it's never about the little thing, right? It's all of this kind of like no. bubbling up, bubbling up. But I think it's because, you know, when that feeling is kind of more of its infancy stage and you're like, wow, like, and this is something that I learned from my own therapist of kind of every morning doing this like little check-in of sort of, she calls it like the tolerance threshold, But it's more just like being mindful of like, if one is like, I'm hanging out on the beach in Hawaii and I'm like, good to go, you could irritate me and it'd be like, just let it go. And 10 is like, I'm that pressure cooker and like, I'm about Mm -hmm. to blow. Mm -hmm. Taking a quick little inventory of like, how am I doing this morning? Again, without judgment. And then just recognizing like, if you wake up in the morning and sometimes this, you know, it it happens. You wake up and you're like, I'm already at an eight. Like I've Mm -hmm. haven't even opened up like my second eyeball yet. And my like tolerance threshold is already at an eight. Like that's something where then you can try to do little things during the day to care for that and to just be mindful of the fact that it's like, you know what? My patience is low. Like my threshold is very low today. Instead of just like moving right into the first thing, just kind of adding more, more pressure, more pressure, more pressure, like doing this quick little inventory of like, how am I actually doing today? And how powerful that is as a parent, but then also to pass on to your children as well is kind of this quick little check-in. And and again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, there's just days I see it in my toddler as well. Like there's definitely days that he truly wakes up on the wrong side of the crib and you're just like, mm-hmm. man, what happened to you last night? And they just wake up and they're just grumpy or cranky or just the threshold is very low that day. 
And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just kind of having that peace and that awareness of like, you know, honestly, this is where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. And then what can you do to help care for yourself, kind of meet you where you're at and care for yourself in that way. Um, but when I get asked about like maternal rage or postpartum rage, a lot of times for me, it kind of boils down to the rage is always the last step of many. No one just mm-hmm. wakes up first thing in the morning blowing their lid. It's always the the last step. And so what can we do to care for ourselves short-term and long-term to then not ever kind of reach that final step in which we're snapping at our partners or yelling at our kids or, you know, we recently went through a weird food thing where pork chop was just like, oh, thanks for making me this great meal. Let me either refuse to eat it or throw it on the floor. Right. And I was just like, <laughs> and so then there's one time I, I was like, like okay, fine. And like, oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, mm. like whatever you're trying to have autonomy. But, and one time I just snapped and I was like, okay, fine, then starve. And, and like, I don't mean that. No. And I just I, like, yeah. you're just like, okay, fine. Then don't eat anything. Like, see if I mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. And then instantly I'm like, okay, that is not how I want to show up right now for this thing for my kid. I don't actually want my kid to starve, but it's like those little moments where it's like instant regret after. Oh, I think if absolutely. we can- And we all do it. That's why I say like shining some light on the shadowy sides, right? We all do this. It is okay. Um, It's part of the human experience. Our kids do it too. We all do it as human beings. But that's where then having some of these tools in your toolbox, I think, can help you out so much both long-term and short-term in those moments to kind of alleviate some of that pressure. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're speaking the truth, all the truth. And like, (laughs) it is funny the things that set you – like set us off. And I think this is true. It's like the maternal rage piece is definitely one of it, but to anyone that is, is holding in, just keeping it together until all of a sudden something throw the, throws them off. Right. And like for me, I'm thinking the last time that I had, like, I always call them my temper tantrums because like I have full blown, (laughs) like adult temper tantrums, like in public, like it's maybe a little bit over the top, but I have, I got a, yeah, some fire in my chart. And I, and I know that about myself, but like the last time it was like, the girls didn't really like the calendar that I built for them. And I just like shut down. And I don't know why, <laughs> but like mm-hmm. I like had a full-blown tempered tantrum. And I was kind of glad that they saw me do that because for the most of the time, I can keep it together. And all of a sudden, I just couldn't. And they're like, oh, oh, mom's like, is she okay? But like you're saying like we have these emotions. And when we have tools – to dip into. Like we're mm-hmm. we're going to be okay and we can keep these moments like few and far between. We're humans. We're not perfect. Yeah. We're not. We're doing 100%. the best we can. And I appreciate you sharing that because it is always like it's just the littlest things, right? It's, it's weird. Like, it's it's that, you know, it's the calendars that the kids didn't like. It's that one, you know, <laughs> final time, that just that one meal that even though you've been battling food for weeks, all of a sudden that one that gets thrown on the floor, you're like, that's it. That's the final straw. Like it's always these little things. But my hope in particular, like with this book is that when the collective, when the family, either an individual or maybe all, like, I do think it's good sometimes for not, you know, not necessarily to like snap at your kids, but I think it's really good to be human in front of your kids, but then to also let that be like a learning in the moment. So like, you know, there's, there's one instance in which I talk about frustration. There's frustration chapter and a story that I share is just one in which my son and I both got really frustrated at each other. He was clearly this, he was maybe one. He was really frustrated 
at something he like couldn't communicate really yet. And that was making him really frustrated. But then the behavior he was displaying was making me really frustrated. Mm -hmm. And then until I just kind of like snapped at him and then we like both cried, (laughs) like in that Mm -hmm. moment of like, and then we both cried and then we like, you know, kind of held each other. And I was just like, you know, I'm sorry, buddy. Like mommy was just feeling really frustrated in that moment. She didn't understand. She didn't know what to do with that. And, you know, so it made her really kind of grumpy and cry. And I think that it's important that we sometimes let our kids see those human moments um, because, you know, perfection doesn't exist even in in parenthood Mm -hmm. and motherhood. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes when we, when our kids can see that in us, it, you know, when, when we're our authentic selves and we make mistakes and we're humans and we can kind of come back and, you know, kind of lay our, you know, whatever our armor down and be like, you know what, mom messed up or like, I really didn't mean that, you know, let's talk about it. Or like, you know, let's talk about what just happened. Um, it also gives your kids then permission to not feel like they have to be perfect Perfect. as well and that they can't have those moments. And then my hope is that with this book, it'll just give families tools for their toolbox to navigate different ups and downs Mm -hmm. um, and to, you know, just create this sort of habit of like introspection and reflection into uh, the household in a way that kind of maybe just brings a little bit more depth and and harmony into into your space and into your life. Oh, thanks for the real talk, Kelly. I think we need oh, we all we both oh, needed this. So. Hopefully, listeners <laughs> needed this. Like real talk, it's we're doing it. And yeah. again, like I said, for listeners that are you know big readers or like it doesn't even matter because this book is really a tool. You know how important pre-ordering is for authors. Like this is so 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 key. So if you're like, hmm, this sounds really interesting to me. Grab Kelly's book because you've got some like bonuses too, right? When you pre-order yes. the book. Yes. So depending on when this episode is released each um, month during the summer, whatever month you pre-order, I'm releasing bonus bonus episodes, bonus chapters. Here I am talking Mm -hmm. in podcast talk. Um, There were a couple of chapters that didn't make the cut just for length of the book, Um, but they're finished. They're ready to go and you will get uh, bonus chapters. I think there's one on um, breath for sure. The other one is escaping me at the moment because pregnancy brain. However, <laughs> you'll get you'll get bonus chapters where it has the reflection, the three meditation practices, mantras for that topic. Um, and Ashley's one hundred percent right. I love you know she's such a supportive businesswoman and friend. But pre-orders are everything. It indicates to other booksellers whether or not there's interest in this book. Mm-hmm. So they look at pre-order numbers and then they go, hmm, "That's interesting. People seem to want this." And then they then make decisions based on that as to whether or not they want to carry the book. Um, so whether it's my book or anyone you know that's writing a book, pre-ordering it is is very, very helpful because it, it may help them get into other bookstores and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the book. I'm so grateful to be your friend, to have you as a mentor. Oh. Thanks for your time. And will you just tell listeners where they can find you on your podcast? Yeah. So um, the two podcasts, Mindful in Minutes, I've been doing that for five years. So there's over 350 totally free guided meditations. They're pretty much all less than 20 minutes for different topics. Um, so if that's speaking to you, you can catch me over there. If you're in the fertility, prenatal, or postnatal period of your life, I invite you to come hang out with me over on Meditation Mama. You'll find some meditations specifically to that certain period in your life. Um, I am a millennial woman, so you can also catch me on Instagram at yoga for you online. 
<laughs> I'm a millennial mom, so you know where to find me. I'm that's over on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, that's where you'll and find if me. If I were to direct you to a specific um, meditation, I did one. I think I did one on both of your shows, um, but I really liked the one yes. I did for Meditation Mama. So yeah, I'm self care. <laughs> and yes, I Ashley has been on both of them and has yeah. shared beautiful meditation. So I highly recommend those ones as well. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. I love this. It was so fun. Thanks again for being here, everyone. I appreciate it so much. If you love this episode, maybe share it with a friend, write a review, all the good things. I love hearing from you. Shoot me a DM. You can follow us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast, and we'll be back here next Thursday. Bye.